Hi, everybody. Welcome to New Frontiers in Functional Medicine, where we are interviewing the best minds in functional medicine. And of course, today is no exception. I am so excited to be talking to Dr. Alex Vasquez. You know him. He's just one of the brilliant pioneer humans that um, you know teaches all of us um, lots of good information. So I'm thrilled to have, have his brain to, to pick with today. Anyway, background on Alex. He's got three doctoral degrees um, from American universities, including a doctor of chiropractic from University of Western States, a doctor of naturopathic medicine from Bastyr, and a doctor of osteopathic medicine from the University of North Texas Health Science Center. He's the author of many textbooks. In fact, if I glance to my right where my main workhorse bookshelves are, I've got at least a, I, got, I have at least three of your textbooks over there, Alex, I can see them. Um, what has he written about? Integrative orthopedics, functional inf inflammology, viral, antiviral strategies, uh, mitochondrial nutrition, and functional medicine rheumatology. He's written loads of articles for uh, peer-reviewed journals. He's published in the American Osteopathic Association Journal. Um, he's published in JAMA, uh, British Medical Journal, um, Alternative Therapies in Health and Medicine, Arthritis and Rheumatism. Um, he's the board of, as the board, as the director of the Medical Board of Advisors for Biotics Research. Uh, Dr. Vasquez has worked closely with biotics for over 15 years to formulate new products um, and clinically study their efficacy in order to verify their beneficial use in clinical practices around the world. Alex, welcome to New Frontiers. Thank you for the introduction, Kira. Yeah, absolutely. I know. You know, it's I mean, you have pumped out, you've done a lot, you know, you've, you've written a lot. Uh, <laughs> you could, you could, you're, you're a pretty prolific guy. And you're in, involved in product design. So I'm pretty For excited. Sure. I'm pretty excited to talk about, to talk about this product today because it just seems kind of left field for you but we'll, we'll do a, a, a drill down on it um biotics is releasing something pretty interesting it's called metabolic biome and it's a, a healthy weight management powder and um you know as i said to you you know before i hit record i'm i'm kind of surprised to be having this conversation on this particular product you know with you just having you know, knowing your teaching, having lectured with you, something this specific for weight management seems a little bit out of left field. But you start, but it, but it wasn't as you as you began to tell me the story. So 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 tell me about it. Sure. So I I agree with kind of the way that you're looking at it, and the way that the product is is the way this product kit's being marketed. We are looking at it. Uh, we're trying to address the, you know, the weight management uh, niche, so to speak, people who need to lose weight. And that's obviously a huge segment of the international population right now. However, also segueing with what you had just started to uh, suggest about my own interest in this topic and my own history with it. Uh, it is most, in my mind, it's mostly a product designed to help optimize the gut microbiome. And as a result of optimizing the gut microbiome and balancing some hormones like insulin and glucagon, uh, we do expect you know, uh, effective weight loss or at least promoting weight, proper weight management. But that's, that's just one application of the product. The, the true core target of this product is to optimize the gut microbiome. 
which again, as you know, and a lot, as a lot of people know, has been a topic that I've been working on now for, you know, at least, let's say, let's just say 25 years. Yeah. Uh, so, so 25 years ago, so right now we're in 2020. So this would have been, yeah. So this was 1995 is when all this started for me. Uh, in 1994, I relocated so I could be closer, actually, so I could be closer to Jeff Bland and all the, you know, all the intense work that was happening at that time in the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's when, you know, 1994 is when I can say I really started studying functional medicine. And that's when functional medicine began was approximately 1994. Right. So, uh, of course, I had no idea at the time. But in 1995 is when I got sick with a yeah. kind of functional gastrointestinal disorder. So, of course, I had no idea at the time that I was going to be studying the exact condition that I had. But that's that is what happened. So uh, very clearly in 1995, I got sick. Uh, I had no idea what was going on. I think I saw 17 different doctors in three different states. And I was, you know, doing the best I could to get better, but nothing was really working. Uh, and you, you, I'm sure you can imagine because you were, you know, from the same time period as well. But, you know, back in 1995, we didn't know, we barely knew anything about the gut microbiome. Gut microbiome wasn't even a word, you know. Right. We were still, wasn't even a phrase. We were still... Right. We were still wrestling with and, and even justifying the whole idea of gut dysbiosis. Like I remember, for yes. example, like when, when you and I used to lecture together, like back, let's say, let's say around 2010, mm -hmm. even in 2010, we were still justifying the whole concept of dysbiosis, you know, yes. and now, you know, in 2015, it became really popular and now everybody talks about it. But, you know, for, for some of us, we were working on this, you know, for two decades now, at least. So. Yeah. Uh, like, I, like I was saying, in 1995, in 1995, I got sick. I was studying Jeffrey Bland's work. I was going to all of his seminars. I was studying Leo Gallon's work a lot. He's, and for those who don't know, Leo Gallon is the uh, medical internist who coined the phrase leaky gut. So, you know, back in the wow. day, leaky gut, even leaky gut was a radical term back then, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, and, sure. now, and, and now we... I think anybody who studies this field at all would take, you know, increased intestinal permeability kind of for granted. Yes. But, you know, these were, these were the first years of functional medicine and the first years of some of these concepts. So uh, I studied this and suffered with it for a long time, but I, I studied it because I suffered with it. You know, I was doing other things. I was graduating from chiropractic college. I was going to naturopathic school. I opened my practice in Seattle. Uh, and then later I moved to Houston, Texas, and then later went to medical school in Texas. But during most of that time, I was still pretty sick. And I was, you know, I, I was able to help myself uh, sufficiently to c continue performing, but I was still pretty sick. Hmm. Uh, and wow. in, fa in fact, I would say that, that a lot of that continued up until about 2015. I was still kind of uh, a little bit crippled, we might say, from a gastrointestinal standpoint. And I was working on a big uh, CME continuing medical education program in 2015, specific to dysbiosis and gut. And that's when a lot of the research started to kind of shift gears a bit. You know, previously, the way that the way that I think we looked at it is when we thought about gut dysbiosis, we were really focusing on individual microbe pathogens. We were looking for... Yeah. We were looking for Klebsiella pneumoniae. We were looking for, you know, unusual critters, so to speak, uh, like mm -hmm. Aeromonas hydrophila and Blastocystis hominis and Endolimax nana. But we were assuming 
that the context was okay, more or less, and then some people had some so-called parasites that we needed to get rid of. But we, we weren't really looking at the microbiome in, in the way that I currently look at it, and that is uh, using a term that I think will be familiar to most people who have studied physiology and such, and that is uh, I kind of look at the microbiome these days as a syncytium. You know, for those of us who have you know gone through clinical training and we studied cardiology and heart physiology, I'm sure most of us can remember, even if we have to think about it a little bit, thinking about the way that the heart works. So the heart is obviously you know this muscular organ comprised of you know tens of thousands of cells, but those cells function in unison, and that's why it's called a syncytium, right? Uh, that's part of the definition of a syncytium is when multicellular organisms kind of function as a group. Uh, in microbiology terms, it's we call it a quorum. But but the point that I'm trying to make as as I introduce this topic and how I got into it and how we developed this product is to say that I think we really have to look at the gut as functioning as a coordinated organ that's made up of all these different microbes. You know. Yeah. So so around 2015, uh, as I was working on this program and updating my own materials, and it was a huge quantum leap for me during that time uh, with regard to my own. And I haven't published. I've done videos and I've done classes on that information, but I haven't really published that, that kind of breakthrough information yet. Uh, but what happened as a result of that, I, and some of it was hard work and some of it was just luck, but uh, my girlfriend and I started experimenting with different recipes that would uh, kind of improve gut microbiome and but were consistent with the newer level of, of research as well as my own experience you know i had obviously tried tons of things to get my own situation better nothing had really worked and so the combination of the new research and my ongoing study of it and then some experimentation that we did uh we came up with some things that were absolutely and i'm i don't want to overstate this but i want to state it correctly and so i'm just going to have to say it the way i experience it and I'm just going to say it was a it was a remarkable, almost miraculous change for me. Wow! Uh, some things that some things that happened just within days of changing an otherwise healthy diet. You know, obviously my diet is pretty healthy. Yeah. Right now, Toronto. So well, listen, let me just ask. Wait, I just before so hold that thought because I totally want to hear about this miracle breakthrough. But you know, you've got three doctorates, you're a naturopath, you're a chiropractor, you've studied under Jeff Bland, you've done all this since the 90s, you've tried a lot. You've done an elimination mm -hmm. diet, you've probably done elemental, you've probably right. fasted, you've been through yeah. all of the antimicrobial mm -hmm. pharma yep. and botanicals, oh. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then right. prob probably again and again in different permutations and different dosing. It's, so you've done, Alex, you've done yeah. everything. You've rebuilt your gut you know, um, mucosa probably many right. times over. I mean, so what you're saying, saying basically is, I mean, what you're, what you're proposing here is kind of, is extraordinary in the con in given your background. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I, I think you, I think that you frame that very well in what you just said, because I, you're exactly right. I had done everything from the, from the benign to the ridiculous, you know, and it's, um, it's and very sophisticated. I mean, you were thinking yeah. through all of it. You were publishing well, on it, and you, yeah, exactly, okay. and and lecturing on it. You know, even at the at the postgraduate levels, like, well, here's what I do, and you know, here's what either does or doesn't work for me or my or my patients. Um, but you know, uh, I had done everything I could do. Let's just say it that way, and that's it's a little bit of an understatement, but it's the most efficient way to say it. So, in 2015. Uh, 
we just tried a few different things and those things worked very quickly. They worked very effectively. They worked objectively. It's not like I just, it's not like I just said, Oh, well, I think I'm feeling a little better. Like I was definitively better. And, uh, it's maintained it's that, that improvement is maintained now for the five years that I've been doing that. So, uh, around that time, uh, as you mentioned, being involved with product development antibiotics, I started corresponding with the, the rest of the team saying, hey, we've all been doing you know, 95% of this perfectly, but there's another 5% that we haven't looked at, and now I have at least some personal experience with this. Why don't we look into you know, making a product out of this? And that's how eventually we came around with this uh, new line of products that we've got going on right now that you just mentioned, the metabolic biome products. So, you know, one of the things that really changed the game for me was incorporating, and this is going to sound simple, and that's okay, because it's, it's the truth, whether it sounds simple or not. But one of the things that really changed the game for me was switching from grain fibers like oat bran and wheat bran, for example. Not that I used them that much, but I did use them because that's what anybody would do if they're trying to improve their guts. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least, at least experiment with the so-called insoluble fiber, insoluble fiber. And as you may know, uh, some people do know, cause I used to eat a lot of carrots, right? So I used to eat, I yeah. used to eat carrots by the yeah. bag. Yeah. 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 To, that's right. Cause, cause I saw you. Kind of, I witnessed yeah, that. Car- <laughs> carrots are kind of antimicrobial and, and it's kind of a default, uh, in the naturopathic world to kind of a carrot soup or carrot diet for, for gut problems. So anyway, uh, I had done everything I could basically, but then when I switched to these seed fibers, uh, that was really what changed the game for me. And so I encouraged the people at Biotics to look into, you know, us developing a a product that wasn't this, it wasn't exclusively seeds, of course, because we could always do better than than only seeds, but that at least had a good seed fiber foundation to it. Uh, and again, that's that is what changed the game for me, and it's been a change that I've. Uh, continued to benefit from now for the past five years after having been sick, you know, for 20 years with this consistent, with this constant gut problem. So that's, that was my personal experience with it. And now, as you already said, we've developed this product line kind of around some of those ideas. And I'll explain uh, some other different aspects of that as we go through the conversation. There's more than just seed fiber. I mean, there's, for sure. There is. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So, so the the seed fiber, the seed fiber is what I use personally to get a lot of benefit, and that was a that was a huge change, a huge improvement uh, for me. But as you just said, I mean, we could certainly do more than that. Even though I benefited from doing only that, we could certainly do more than that. So yeah. Also, also around that same time. So this now I'm going to go back to 2014 when I was doing lectures uh, throughout the U.S. with Mike Ash, and we did the last one we did was actually in London in 2015. Uh, we were doing a, a series of postgraduate presentations on specific to the gut microbiome, and uh, I'll credit I'll credit Mike with this, Mike Ash, because I did learn it from him. And uh, back in the day, we used to always credit you know our sources, so I'll, I'll, I will credit him. But he was the one who told us as uh, we were attending his uh, presentation about the importance of cruciferous vegetables to improve the gut mucosal immunity to then help kind of dislodge or defend from uh, dysbiosis. And so, as you and I were both starting to say, we used more than just seed fibers within this product. We also used a lot of cruciferous vegetables, especially organic sprouted vegetables, in order to gain some of the benefits from those cruciferous vegetables to stimulate gut immunity. So it's, 
it's not simply seed fiber. It's also the cruciferous vegetables, which hardly anybody gets enough cruciferous vegetables. I mean, yeah. most of us try, you know, I'm sure we've all gone on cruciferous vegetable kicks, right? We say, man, I need to eat more broccoli or I need to eat more cabbage or more kale. And that typically, at least in my experience, that lasts for about three days and then it's like, forget it. Right. Uh, so, so we all need to have some way of accessing those benefits of cruciferous vegetables on a more consistent basis. And that's the beauty of using, you know, a, a seed fiber cruciferous vegetable blend that also has some protein. So then it can be used as a so-called meal replacement, even though it's really a meal improvement plan. Uh, but something that people can use on a consistent basis with great convenience, you know, uh, they can mix it up in the morning while they're brewing their coffee. They can drink their coffee. They can drink the shake. They get protein. They get seed fiber. They get the cruciferous vegetables and they all get, they get all of that within a matter of seconds instead of saying, Oh yeah, well I'll try to eat a salad with lunch. They've already got it. They've, they've got it. They've gotten a great start to their day and they're ready to go. Well, there's these other cool fibers too. There's fenugreek fiber, bamboo fiber, for there's sure. pectin, there's beet fiber. I mean, it's kind exactly. of a, and, rather, and all yeah. of, and all of those are really interesting. I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my presentation on that product right now because I, I want to just focus in on something. Uh, and that is what you just mentioned, like the bamboo fiber. So, yeah. you know, not too many people think of bamboo fiber. There is actually, I have actually seen one study using bamboo shoots to improve the human gut microbiome. So this was a clinical trial in humans, but they were eating like an entire jar of bamboo shoot fiber, like fermented bamboo shoot fiber every day, you know? And, wow we're not advocating that or we're not providing that. But another, another study, it was an animal study, uh, did use uh, bamboo shoot fiber. And what they showed in that study, and, and this is a common design and a common outcome among you know, certain ingredients. And that is they, they take these animals, they put them on a high fat diet to make them obese. Uh, and then they use whatever intervention on top of that to see if it can prevent that diet induced obesity. And in the one study that I'm thinking about, I'm looking at the citation right now, they, they found exactly that. So here, I just found it. Uh, what they found, so the title of this study is Bamboo Shoot Fiber Prevents Obesity in Mice by Modulating the Gut Microbiota. This was published in Scientific Reports, arguably, or, or maybe not arguably, but certainly one of the better journals out there for scientific uh, primary research. This was published in August, uh, sorry, September of 2016. So again, bamboo shoot fiber presents obese, prevents obesity in mice by modulating the gut microbiota. So that's one of the ingredients that we included in this product, uh, along with some others that you just mentioned. So like the fenugreek, for example, anybody who studied, you know, Ayurvedic medicine or naturopathic medicine, we all learned that fenugreek has some really good anti-obesity and anti-diabetic effects. So we have, we have some uh, fenugreek fiber in this as well. And then some of the others, like you just mentioned, like the beet fiber, uh, apple fiber, because apples have also been shown to have a really good effect uh, on the gut microbiome and uh, some others as well. So chia seed, flax seed, and broccoli and kale sprouts as well. So we've well, got a me, good mix there. Let me just ask you this though, Alex, like when you, you created this, you, you and your girlfriend kind of designed this product, the, the foundation, well, the backbone of this product, Based right. on so, your, yeah. So I just want to I just want to qualify it just to say the the one that we designed kind of in house, literally in house, was a very primitive version of what you're looking at now. So I, with all due respect for my girlfriend, I don't want to give her credit for this product at all. 
because uh, it was this, this is the result. <laughs> this is the this is the reason. I'm I'm trying to give credit where credit's due, and the the credit really goes to the whole biotics team for putting this okay. together. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you. I, so I I guess what I'm curious about though is, you know, who do we prescribe this to? Because you started right. on it because you had this incredibly refractory exactly right. gut condition. So, sure. So and this goes this is this goes back to uh, to your initial question as well. It's like, well, why are why are you of all people talking about you know focusing on a weight loss program? That's true. The the marketing and I think the biggest market and therefore potentially the biggest benefit for for a particular patient group is probably obese and diabetic patients or people who just want to you know, kind of fine tune their health. But this would be applicable for anybody, you know, uh, fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, because all the autoimmune conditions, as I've said for years, they all have a, a gut component. Well, I've said that, but that's also part of just naturopathic medicine as well. Uh, but again, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I think this product mm -hmm. would be relevant. This, this product would be relevant for just about anybody. Got um, it. Whether, whether they've got health conditions or not, you know, so we're talking about this, uh, I mean, the, the goal of this product, which again, goes back to the whole naturopathic idea of just improving overall health. I mean, this is a health improvement formula that we expect will have benefits for helping people lose weight, but it will certainly also have applications in other conditions. That's really interesting. Now, what about though, like this epidemic of, you know, pretty severe dysbiotic guts? We, you know, every, pretty much yeah. everybody who walks into our clinic these days has some form right. of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And a lot of folks come into our practice on these, you know, these extremely restricted, almost fiber-free, like microbiome yeah. fasting kinds of intervent, like diets that they've prescribed themselves or somebody else has. And, sure. you know, there's a lot of damage and, going on and you start them on fiber and they may or may not tolerate. Yeah. Just talk to that and how, what we do. Sure. I, first of all, I agree with I, I agree with that kind of clinical perspective and perception because, you know, when people are sick, they they try everything, and that's totally reasonable. But they often um, end up kind of you know boxing themselves into a corner or painting themselves into a corner because, as especially with certain types of dysbiosis. So I'm I'm glad we're having this conversation because it's kind of inspiring me that I need to go ahead and publish the stuff that I've been working on. Um, but you know. With certain types of dysbiosis, for example, like a sulfur-reducing dysbiosis, people get painted into a corner where they can barely eat anything. If they eat carbohydrates, yeah. that, they eat carbohydrates, that makes them worse. They eat fiber, that makes them worse. They yeah. eat protein, that makes them worse. They eat cruciferous vegetables, and that makes them worse too. Yeah. So some of these people are really stuck, and you know, those are obviously the more, the more challenging cases, and I've, I've been that challenging case for a while. Uh, and I... I and I, you know, I can also say I'm not that challenging case anymore. I've, with the use of this uh, nutritional program with the, with the seed fibers, et cetera, uh, I'm not that patient anymore. And I haven't been that patient now for a couple of years. And I'm, I'm happy about that. That's so, amazing. So as you were just saying, you know, sometimes when people come in, they, they know they have gut problems. They've painted themselves into a corner. They've got very few dietary choices. Maybe they've got like more allergies and things like that as well as a result of the whole immune overload and the, you know, increased permeability, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, th those are parts also of the reason that we put this together in a kit. So I've been talking about this and thinking about it in terms of the, the product. And that is the product of this, of the various uh, 
diverse phytochemicals. It's kind of a phytochemical blend, more so than a fiber blend, even though we could describe it either way. Um, the metabolic biome powder is just is part of a larger kit, which is called the metabolic biome plus kit that has, for example, uh, proteolytic enzymes and digestive enzymes. So just like you were saying, a lot of these patients come in and they're really sensitive and they get gas and bloating with any dietary change. Uh, some of that, you know, they're going to have to weather through a little bit of it. Sometimes we can address their gut dysbiosis more directly by using, you know, berberine and oregano oil and uh, other uh, antifungal agents, you know, herbal antifungals or drugs for that matter. Uh, but that's part of the reason that we put to, put this together in a kit was to give people some enzyme support so that as they're making these dietary changes, we're trying to support their gut digestion and mucosal digestion as much as possible. Because, you know, part of the reason that they have those problems is because of the bacterial overgrowth. So, mm -hmm. and, and I'm, I'm quoting this directly from 1995 Leo Gallon. So this is, this actually comes from 25 years ago. But what I learned from him is that when people have gut dysbiosis, they get mucosal damage because of the enzymes produced by those bacteria. And some of those enzymes degrade the digestive enzymes within the mucosal wall. And that's why these people become so food intolerant. So you've got to calm all of that down. That's why the, that's why the kit also has uh, omega-3 fatty acids. You've got to calm down that mucosal irritation so that then those digestive enzymes in the mucosal wall actually function again and people can get out of this vicious cycle that they're stuck in. Well, would you, so would you actually, so you might start with an antimicrobial intervention and you might turn the volume up on, before you introduce this product, or would you, so, so patients now coming to our practice, granted we're kind of a, mm -hmm. you know, tertiary care place, and they, but they, so they've been through that, and so have you. You've been, you've been through yeah. antimicrobials a zillion times, and basically you're saying this is the thing that walked you to the other side to, to health. Right. So, right. so I'm wondering, Alex, I mean, could we, could this patient that shows up, these really, quote, tough guts, I mean, could you start yeah. like a low dose of this as your, as your intervention? Yeah, at, yeah you absolutely. Know, like you did? Absolutely. absolutely. So, you know, back in 2015, I was still, again, I – I know enough crutches that I can use to, to help myself perform even if I'm sick, you know, and that's just from, from having studied this through so many different disciplines for a long time. And that's great to the extent that it helps me keep going, but it's, it's not so great in the sense that it wasn't really addressing the underlying problem. Even though, as you already said, I had already done every antimicrobial drug and botanical I could think of. Uh, so, you know, to some extent, we always have to watch and wait to see how individual patients respond. But I do think this is something people could start with, you know, on day one. And if, if they need additional antimicrobial support, I guess in a sense, you and I in this conversation, we're kind of assuming that we don't have a stool analysis to look at. If we don't have a stool analysis to look at and we're not targeting something specific, we could still treat them, you know, with an antimicrobial like oregano oil or berberine something that's relatively gentle as we're, you know, trying to improve the climate at the same time. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's the nice thing. That's the nice thing about a lot of these herbal antimicrobials and berberine is the perfect example. It actually helps to reshape the gut microbiome in a beneficial way while you're getting some antifungal and antiparasite benefits from it. Um, and the same, the same we could say of oregano oil. Well, so I do want to, I, I do want to point out, 
that you guys do you give this in the kit with the glucoresolve which which does have berberine you might want to go a little bit more therapeutic than that amount but it's, it is in the product in the kit let me take a look at that ingredient. the gluco the glucoresolve right right I, actually i was pretty excited about i i still am pretty excited about that particular product yeah let me look yeah it's 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 a nicely designed um yeah it's, it's amazing. A, so, yeah. so uh, I'm a, I'll, so let's just, let me look at it. So let me, let me, let me tell everybody else what you and I are both looking at. So the glucoresolve is basically a multivitamin, multimineral targeted for people with obesity, insulin resistance, and it's an incredible formulation. I'm, I'm, I'm still impressed with it. And as you were just saying, it has 50 milligrams of berberine hydrochloride. Now, you know, in the old days, I'm talking 20 years ago, 20 years ago, at least I was using berberine kind of what I considered a therapeutic dose back then was maybe 200 milligrams, maybe 400 milligrams. So 50 milligrams isn't, it's obviously less than that, but it's not radically less than that compared to what we would use these days, which would be like, you know, 1500 milligrams, much higher mm -hmm. dose. Right. Uh, and, and I think that possibly this level of berberine that we're talking about now in the glucoresolve at 50 milligrams that might be sufficient to induce kind of a gentle change in, in the gut microbiome. You know, like Jeffrey Bland said many years ago, he said, you don't want to use a jackhammer to do watch repair. And what he was advocating with that idea is that you, it's, you know, we can start gentle. We don't have to go in there with 1500 milligrams of berberine. Right. We can go in, we can go in with 50 and, you know, uh, try to initiate some change. That's a little gentle, especially for these sicker clients. Well, especially in the context of this, you know this collection of different fiber and sprouts etc um right incidentally so the other things you can look gluco resolve up in fact on our show notes we'll just we'll have a link to the components of the kit so you can find them there on the page but there's pomegranate there's um our lipoic acid green tea um skullcap taurine carnitine selenium biotin chromium i mean it's it's very comprehensive Right. And like, look at the, if you look at the dose of biotin, for example, the biotin is at 1500 micrograms. That's a mm -hmm. pretty potent dose. That's, yeah. that's a high dose for, for a multi. So I'm, I'm very pleased with this product. I'm, I, the formulation is great. Obviously biotics has some other multivitamin multiminerals like pro multi plus and uh, vasculocert, for example, which are also really excellent. Um, so we've got a really good uh, combination of different multivitamins available. This one I think is, is really good specific for patients with insulin resistance and diabetes. This, so this is a gut rebuilding product. That's, that's where its origin sits. And with, with you, which I think is, I think that's pretty cool, especially given your story. I, I can yeah. see this being appropriate for a wide variety of patients, not just, you know, the, the, the person who comes to me wanting to lose their last 15. In fact, that's probably almost the last person. I mean, I can see we can obviously use it for somebody who wants to mm -hmm. lose some weight, but there's, it's, there's a wide application here. Um, sure. And well, and I would yeah. say you just described as a, as a gut healing kind of program. And I agree with that, but I would say that the way that it, the way that we're trying to heal the gut in this case isn't, you know, going in with an elemental diet and a lot of glutamine, what we're trying to do here is address the cause of the gut problem, which is, yes. you know, in a lot of cases, it's the dysbiosis. 
Yeah, so that's right. This, this is mostly what we're trying to do. I mean, obviously, we're trying to do many things at once. We're trying to feed the good microbes with a, we're trying to mimic, as I've said in some of the literature, we're trying to mimic the effects of a diversified plant-based diet with the use of this product. So, you know, most people do not consume an organic, a big organic diverse salad every day. And that's, that's part of what we're trying to achieve, we could say, in a, in, a, in a way of talking. We could say that that's what we're trying to achieve with this product. We're trying to help people achieve the benefits of a diversified plant-based diet through the use of this product. Now, we can't just think of seed fibers and you know phytochemicals. We also have to think of supporting gut immunity. And one of the ways we do that is with you know sufficient protein. And in this case, we've got organic whey, or we've got whey protein, we've got organic pea protein, and we've got uh, the collagen peptides. So people can have different uh, options and different you know choices for for their protein intake. Yeah, those are actually separate forms right. of the metabolic biome. So you could actually, sure. so you could go just whey, you could go collagen, or you could right. go pea if you wanted to. Okay, that's but pretty cool. Yeah, for for sure. You know, a lot of people need they need more protein to heal their gut and to support gut immunity. So for example, if we had just put in like the phytochemical blend or the fiber blend, and we just said, okay, now you've got phytochemical diversity, you've got fiber diversity, that's not sufficient if people are still protein and mineral deficient and vitamin deficient for that matter. You know, we have to replace the other nutrients that are necessary for supporting gut immunity if we're going to really get these people out of the, the cycle that they're in. What about it's almost, it almost seems like weight loss is a, would be a byproduct of this. It's the byproduct right. of the restoration of sure. balance. So what about like, you know, the gut-brain axis and these compounds actually influencing that, influencing craving, influence, and, sure. and, you know, inf and, and of course influencing blood, you know, blood sugar and as, as, a, as a piece of the craving, but, you know, maybe mood, energy. Sure. Like, what about some of these? Right. So for example, like let's, so let's talk about the craving aspect that you just mentioned. So whey protein isolate has been shown to reduce hunger and to increase satiation, which of course is the exact opposite of the problem that you just spoke to, which is the cravings, right? So part of getting people to control their diet and in some cases eat less is to address their, their food cravings. So how do we do that with certain minerals like magnesium, Obviously, if you're going to talk about magnesium, then you have to talk about vitamin D because vitamin D helps with magnesium absorption and metabolism. Um, but the whey protein, for example, has a good dose of tryptophan, which then, and this is very simplistic thinking, but it still seems to be somewhat accurate at least. Tryptophan converts into serotonin. Serotonin has a satiating effect. Uh, several studies have shown that when people eat whey protein in the morning, they actually eat less throughout the day because they're, more, they're satiated. And, you know, part of the mechanism that was suggested there was the serotonin uh, connection from the tryptophan. So that's part of it. Another part that I believe will also help with the cravings, some of those cravings probably come from kind of an imbalanced short-chain fatty acid production, especially excessive mm. acetate. So one study, and I, I believe this was, I have, to, I have to go back and look at it. It might be an, I know it's an animal study, but it may be an animal study with a and they, then they followed up with a human study. But this was an excellent, amazing study where they showed that administration of acetate, which of course is one of the short chain fatty acids, uh, potentiates hyperinsulinemia and it also potentiates uh, excess food consumption, uh, food cravings. And they showed that in animals, mm. for example. 
So by modulating the gut microbiome in this part of the conversation and reducing acetate production, we would reasonably expect, based on the published research, that we would see reduced cravings and therefore better food control, better food choices, and ultimately uh, less food consumption overall for reduced caloric intake. That is just, yeah, that's, yeah, that's really, that's quite interesting. And we'd probably, um, I, 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 I can just see this, the, the application here for a lot of folks. And, um, hmm. My, and probably it, just, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to, I was just going to add, probably just reducing systemic inflammation would also help us achieve the same thing. So, uh, a few studies have shown, for example, that in the setting of neuroinflammation uh, and excess glutaminergic neurotransmission, which accompanies it, uh, yeah. at, least, at least in experimental models, uh, animals that are neuroinflamed tend to eat more. So right. if, we can re if we can reduce dysbiosis and thereby reduce systemic inflammation and thereby reduce brain inflammation, that should be another way by which we can help people control their dietary intake. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that that's, I think that's been demonstrated. How, so basic, basic question here. I haven't had a chance to try it yet. And I, mm -hmm. I did, I did actually bug Paul to send me some samples. So I sh we should have some. And in, and in fact, I have the ideal first patient case, somebody who was eating enormous amount of grain-based fiber every day for 20 years and on stool mm -hmm. test had a pretty incredible imbalance. Um, we consulted with Richard Lord, who you know, and um, he suggested this food forward approach, you know, and basically tweaking this microbiome. The microbiome, at yeah. a glance, anybody would be going after with antimicrobials, pharmaceutical or botanicals mm -hmm. or both. But Richard said no, and he wanted to do this very fiber forward approach and, and food-based approach, first starting with stopping these grain-based fibers. So I could see him actually using this as his primary intervention, this one case that we just, just discussed in our physician's rounds meeting. But how does it, how does it taste? I mean, does this taste pretty good? I'm it's you've been it's good. In that. Yeah. Right. So uh, we had a meeting, we had a, a, a kind of an internal meeting in, I, I guess it was January of this year, uh, well, it would have to be January because it was this year and we're now we're in February and it wasn't this month. So it was in January. Uh, and we got to try some samples and the samples, especially, I was surprised. Uh, the beef collagen, uh, the hydrolyzed beef collagen was actually impressively good. It had a little bit of a nutty flavor and it was, it was impressively delicious, if I may say so. Uh, oh, that's and pretty I'm, cool. and, and I traditionally haven't been a big fan of, you know, hydrolyzed collagen, even though I, I'm willing to change my mind on that. But it was really good, to be quite honest with you. Uh, the other protein, like the other fiber and protein blend, is has a pretty benign taste to it. Uh, it does come in different flavors, like the vanilla and the chocolate, for example, that would obviously have a stronger flavor. The one that I tried was basically unflavored, or maybe a little bit of vanilla. Uh, and it was pretty neutral. Uh, and I would consider I would consider that fine, you know, we don't want to overpower people with a bunch of flavors. Uh, we want them to kind of keep their palate clean, so to speak, especially if they're, uh, you know, trying to gain better dietary control because, you know, you don't want to stimulate those taste buds all the time. If people are actually going to recalibrate towards avoiding salt and avoiding excess, you know, sugar intake. So I found it quite good. And I had, to, at that time, when we were at the meeting, obviously we were in a hotel. And then after that, I was in another hotel in a different country for another week. 
and I had to I had to mix this product basically in the in the in the bathroom of the hotel, right? Um, <laughs> meaning, like I didn't have a blender, you know, I had yeah. a sink, but I didn't have a blender and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. So, because as I'm sure as I'm sure you know, as an, and anybody with any experience with you know food products, like some of these products, they look great, the label looks great, but you can't mix them, and you have to use a blender, and that becomes really inconvenient. Eventually, people burn out on that, you know, wash and reuse cycle every day. Uh, and then they fall out of compliance. So if we have something, and in this case, we do have something, if we have something that mixes very easily, then obviously that helps improve compliance, which then helps improve effectiveness and helps people get better if they can stay on the program. So one of the things that is unique to this, at least unique in my experience, uh, having used other protein powders, you know, experimentally, is that you can mix this up really easily. Uh, for example, I, living in Europe as I, as I have now for the last couple of years, uh, I have tried some other proteins kind of experimentally. And one is a whey protein concentrate that absolutely refuses to mix with a spoon or a blender, you know? So oh, in, terms of, in terms of actual daily implementation of this, I think people are gonna have an easy time with it because it does mix up easily. You know, even if, you, even if you're doing it from a sink and you don't have a blender and all you've got is a, a spoon and a, you know, small glasses, it still works. So I had okay. no problem doing it, and I had to do it for you know 14 days in the hotel. So it worked, <laughs> That's out just, cool. worked out just fine for me. Yeah. Okay. So you had the full the full experience, and you and you yeah. didn't burn out on it. You liked the flavor. Why did you guys opt for monk fruit as as a sweetener? Um, just for variety, you know. Part of part of what I was trying to emphasize with this product was trying, I was trying to accomplish two different things. And I think we did accomplish both of these. One is just diversity. So we wanted to include some ingredients as much as possible uh, that were unusual or different or things that people might not have, you know, already sitting on their counter. Because what's been shown in the literature is that, you know, our ultimate goal with viewing the microbiome, as I said before, as kind of an interconnected syncytium is what, what we're aiming for here is microbiome diversity. And the way that we support microbiome diversity, in addition to other things like good digestion and mucosal immunity, is through phytochemical and fiber diversity. So we wanted yeah. to use as many, as many different and unusual, if when possible and when appropriate, we wanted to use some things that were a little bit less common. Yeah. Also, we, we wanted to use sweeteners, to the extent that we use sweeteners at all, we wanted to use sweeteners that also had phytochemical and antioxidants and anti-inflammatory properties. And that's what we typically get with, you know, uh, berries and, and certain types of fruit like that. So a little bit of sweetness and some more phytochemicals and some, some different uh, food sources to support microbiome diversity. That was the goal. Okay, got it. Yeah, there's at least 15 different phytochemicals right. what about the fats how did you guys think about fats what did you do there so partly just trying to you know obviously fats have a lot of different physiologic effects so if we look at it from a physiological gut effect we're trying to increase again as you had asked before we're trying to increase satiation we're trying to you know stimulate a good release of a good balance let's say of gut hormones uh, but we also want the product to have at least a little bit of mouthfeel to it. And that's what we get with some of these um, kind of powdered or oils in the powdered form. Uh, we don't want this to go down like it's a big chunk of sawdust, you know, uh, yeah. with all the fibers and phytochemicals. Like that's even, you know, even if the flavor is acceptable, people are still sensitive to, to, to texture. 
Sure. So part of the part of the fats, you know, helps to slow digestion a little bit. We get a better balance of gut hormones. We probably get some vagal stimulation out of that. Uh, and certainly we get some mouthfeel out of it, which I think will help improve compliance as well. And you know, even for the, the variations of this product that are relatively flavor neutral, people can add their own flavor to it. You know, if they mix it in with a, a berry juice or a beet juice, for example, then they get the flavor of whatever it is that they're using. And the, the flavor of the product doesn't dominate the experience. I am pretty excited about this. I'm hoping, I'm sure I'm going to get, I'll, I'll have some samples before we, um, before we launch this podcast. So I'm going to try, I'm going to try it. And then on our show notes, I'm going to, I'm going to put my own experience of, of tasting it. I can already think, I, I, I'm thinking of many different people I want to use it for. In fact, that first little case I gave you is somebody who doesn't need to lose weight, but, but the microbiome oh. is in, you know, pretty dire need of, um, balancing. And I can see really prescribing that. Well, all, I think all of us do, even healthy folks need it. But I, the, but the really, the, the, it's just a really, it's an impressive combination of different fibers, Alex. And the fact that it yeah. worked, it worked for you, your story right. makes me think of that application. Um, but you know, and this person doesn't need to lose weight, but it'll be fun to, to also use it. Like I'm, I'm perennially, it could, I could could always use to fine tune my weight a little bit. I'll admit it, and that, you know maybe maybe when 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 I get my my product, I'll I'll see if that's a byproduct of just using this. I guess I guess because what I'm hearing you say is that it may not be effort driven. Like the weight loss might be sort of secondary to the rebalance. Sure. Well, and I think that I think that to the extent that we could promote exactly that, you know, to the extent that we could promote weight optimization, which in most in a lot of people's case, you know, is obviously weight loss. Uh, but to the extent that we can promote optimization or maintenance or achievement of ideal body weight through through indirect means, I think that actually gives us a better chance of sustaining it, you know. If, if we're trying to focus too much on weight loss, yeah. then that, that often comes at the, at the neglect of other things. Whereas yeah. in this case, I think, you know, we're focusing in on what is now considered to be a chief cause of, of difficult to treat obesity and recurrent obesity. Kind of, as we had talked about in some of the, the notes, you know, a lot of people go on diets and of course they lose weight, but they bounce back, so to speak. And everyone's heard this a million times, the whole thing about sure. yo-yo dieting. Well, part of the string like the mic, the gut microbiome is the string of yo-yo dieting. I mean, that's yeah. that's a big that's a that's part of what draws people back to their original weight. In addition to you know metabolic slowdown and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I've been impressed by the the studies in animals and in humans, uh, and some case reports showing that fecal microbiome transplant can either promote obesity or promote yes. leanness. That's so right. so very obviously, we have to address <laughs> what's going on in the gut, and even more so in people who, who have a difficult time losing weight. I remember uh, a long time ago, this was back before anybody even heard of the, well, except in France where the, the term originated, but uh, I'm thinking of a patient that I had when I first opened my practice in Seattle, Washington, after I graduated from naturopathic medical school. And I remember looking at her, and again, this was before we even knew about gut microbiome affecting weight. You know, we were still studying dysbiosis in terms of arthritis and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I remember looking at this patient. This patient was, she was obese. 
she was working out two hours a day with a personal trainer. And I remember, I remember looking at her across the desk and saying, what did I say? I said, you eat, you eat less, you eat less in a day than I eat in an entire, than I eat in a meal, you know? Right. Yeah. Like she wasn't, she wasn't overeating, but something in her metabolism and it wasn't thyroid, it wasn't cortisol. Right. But something, something in her was causing her to keep and, and gain weight, even though she was exercising two hours a day, she was eating less all day than I eat in a, in a meal. Yes. And we just couldn't figure it out. But I think now, you know, here we are 25 years later, I think now we've got some, obviously, well, 20 years later, we've got some ideas that we didn't have back then, you know, and that's, yes. that, that's obviously why we're in the game is to keep, you know, progressing our knowledge. But I do think this will help a lot of people. And I think, and I'm, I would assume I'm not the first person to say this, but, you know, we have to address the gut microbiome in these obese patients because, yes. uh, you know, some of us can put on some extra weight because we're sitting around looking at research all day and we don't get enough exercise. But our bodies respond, you know, like in my case, if I'm working on a book or working on a video series or whatever and I don't get exercise, yeah, I can put on a few extra pounds or kilos in this case, but I can also lose that weight pretty easily. But some people don't have that luxury so to speak like their yep. their metabolism their metabolism doesn't respond and you know we can't just throw you know cortisol suppressing herbs at them and give them more thyroid like we may have done you know so many years ago we've got to now look at you know xenobiotics pollutants and also dysbiosis and what's going on in their gut yeah that's right i think i yeah i mean this is a this is a, this is kind of a lead. This is a leading product in that arena. I suspect yeah. that we'll be, I you know, on our differential when patients with really refractory weight loss come to us or, or weight issues come to us, this will probably bump up to number one. I mean, we sure. read the case reports, we read those FMT reports and and research and animal models, but we still. I mean, it'll just be kind of cool to see what this does. I mean, I think yeah, I think that 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 we're going to see dysbiosis is just a major, major player, you know, in this. Right. And, yeah. and, and kind of like I was, and kind of like I was trying to differentiate early, kind of like, this is like the new generation of dysbiosis that we're seeing now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not, not like we thought in the past, okay, you've got your, you got your, you know, when we'd get the stool test results, you've got your good probiotics, everything's looking good there, but, and you either do or don't have these potential pathogens. And we, we of course would target those. I mean, that's, that is what we did. And that's what people like you and I, I mean, that's what we used to teach. Yeah. Uh, but, but now we really do have to look at, okay, yes, they've got probiotics and they either do or don't have potential pathogens or parasites or whatever. But we also have to look at the entire, you know, microbiome organ, as Jeff Bland initially stated back in 1994, we have to look at the entire, you know, gut organ and address that functionality as well. And I, I think that's where we've, we we've had some ideas but now we've got tools that we can actually use and implement i think with a lot more effectiveness yeah well i'm excited to see this product um come forward i'm i'm, I'm actually really excited to try it in some patients um oh yeah. the other thing i the other thing i wanted to add to that since we're kind of segueing a little bit into into actual usage uh this product can be described in a couple of different ways. We could say it's a meal replacement. We could say it's meal enhancement for right. That's people. right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, another thing, and this goes back to what you had started to talk about with some of the trickier patients. You know, in in those patients where we might want to start a little bit slower, 
what I want to what I want to talk about just briefly and very briefly, like in three sentences, is the fact that like patients don't have to live on these products in order to get benefit from them. Uh, you know, even using like uh, half a serving twice a day or one serving once a day or twice a day, that should be sufficient. So we're not saying that people have to be on this product and this is all they eat for, you know, two weeks or whatever. That, that could happen and that might be a way to implement it. But a little bit of, here's, here's the point that I'm making. A little bit of fiber and phytochemical diversity goes a long way towards helping the gut microbiome and getting people out of these you know, bad situations that they're in with their guts. For example, I recently read a study that really impressed me showing that you know, what, what can differentiate the presence of dysbiosis versus not dysbiosis, at least in this particular study, was whether people consumed like a handful of nuts and seeds like once a week or once every two weeks. So it's, yeah. not like, it's not like people have to live on this stuff every day. It's, it's not a quantity issue. It's a quality issue. Mm -hmm. And in this, in this particular case, the quality is dependent on the quality and the diversity. But again, people don't have to live on this product every day, you know, for two or three meals a day. One serving a day could be the game changer that they need. So that would be easy enough for anybody to implement. Like I said, it mixes up really easily. People mix it up, down it, have their coffee, go on about their lives. And of course, hopefully supporting those, those beneficial changes by not eating a bunch of ultra processed foods. But, you know, again, a little bit of this product should go a long way to help uh, kind of refertilize or recondition that, that gastrointestinal terrain. Really, that's really well said. I know that, so it can be a meal replacement, but as you've just, you know, outlined, it doesn't need to be. There's a there's a little um, booklet to walk patients through their how-to, or you can do, as the, as the prescribing clinician, you can do a more precise prescription. Um, For sure. All right. Well, listen, Alex, as always, it was really great to talk to you. I'm, I'm excited about it. So we'll, uh, yep. we'll, we'll load our show notes up with lots of information on the product. And folks, as you try it, as you bring it into your practice, please, please, please let us know. Just, you know, post some comments at the end of the show notes. And um, we'd love to hear your experience with it. All right, Dr. Vasquez, thanks for joining me on New Frontiers. Sure. Thank you, Kara.